This message was shared from the pulpit at Good News Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia. For more information, visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org. Ephesians chapter 3, the last two verses of this chapter, verses 20 and 21. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us, Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. Amen. Would you pray with me as we pray together that God would bless his word tonight. Heavenly Father, Lord, we do thank you. We have every reason to be full of thanks. Just being able to be here. To be able to have the liberty to open your word and to preach it clearly, faithfully, without fear. We do thank you, Lord, for your love for us and your grace and your mercy. And I pray that you would use your word tonight to speak to our hearts, to help us, to touch us, to teach us. Use your word, Lord, to compel, to encourage. Use your word to help us, to change us, to mold us, and to be more closer conformity to your will, to what you want to see in us. And help us to do all things in a way that is pleasing to you. Help us to do all things for the purpose of praising you. Help us to listen. Help us to accept. And help us to depend upon you to put in practice in our own lives. Because we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If we go back just a few verses and start reading from verse 14 to see the the immediate context of those two verses that we read together, we will read that it says, For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints, which, what is the breadth and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. And then we have these two verses that we'll try to skim at least a little bit tonight. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that ye ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us, Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. Now, I have no doubt that you have heard several messages, uh, most likely in the past, especially in missions conferences, on how to pray for your missionaries. And some were specific, and sometimes you even have a list that was given to you, handed out, you know, to to pray for their health and pray for their needs, pray for for wisdom and Trust me, we always need more wisdom. Pray for strength, pray for guidance, pray for physical needs, for mental needs. Yes, missionaries need a lot of mental, but anyway, emotional needs, spiritual needs. Pray for the family. I I do not tire to add in our presentation the need for the churches to don't forget the kids. 
It's not just the missionary husband and wife on the field. It's the family on the field. To pray for the children. And in that list can be go on and on to how to pray specifically for the missionaries. And I don't expect to teach or preach anything new tonight. I don't expect to reveal some great unknown truth that you haven't already been taught. I simply want to share what I believe is one of the reasons, one of the truth that God has used to help us stay in France. Something that God has used in these past years, these past furloughs, these past terms, to help us remember things may not be going the way you would like, but that does not mean I'm not still in control. And it does not mean that I am not able. And it would be easy for us to dwell in verses 18 and 19, that we may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth, length, and depth, and height, and to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge. It says, that right there, we can spend all night and not see all the truth, that's what it implies in those two verses. Or we could just stay with that last sentence, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Can we really comprehend that statement? That me, not it has, any of us, can be filled with all the fullness of God. When we comprehend what that really means with who He is, that it, it, it's kind of blows my mind. How can God do that in me? But and we could talk about that and, and see what it means. But it would be fun. But the Lord did impress on my heart, verse 20 and 21. And the fact that God is able, it's not something that we should question. It is not something that we should put into doubt. It is not something that we should argue and ask others, do you really believe that? No, God says very clearly, He is able unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all, not some, not partially, not all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. This is as much a prayer as it is a praise. And, or at least it should be. And it should be a prayer that God, please provide for this. I know you are able I know that you can. There's no limit, but it is also a praise because he says himself that it should lead us to verse 21, and to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus. And I believe the two should always be together. That is prayer and praise. That even when I start a prayer because I see the need to confess my sins before the Lord, to make things right with him. It's an easy and natural step to go from confessing to praise and being thankful and thanking him for the assurance that I know that he is faithful and just to forgive as he has promised. When I start a prayer because we are in pain and it happens, we have problems, we we have worries. The more we pray, the more we'll be able to go from giving our worries and fears to the Lord and start worshiping and praising and giving thanks for who He is. When we start a prayer because we have needs, and who doesn't? It will or should be a natural process to not finish that prayer without also going from, Lord, these are some needs. I believe you can. And also have some praise before we end. 
and say, Lord, thank you that I can cast upon you all my cares. Thank you that I can put before your feet all my concerns and my needs, knowing that you care and that you can and that you will. The verse 21 clearly says that we should glorify God for the fact that he can do exceeding and abundantly above all that we ask or think. And here again, so much could be said. Definitely don't have time to see everything tonight. I cannot even comprehend everything that this truth holds. I love to say this. I'm too young still. (laughs) I don't have enough maturity to really understand the depths of that verse. But what I do and can understand the little bit that I can grasp from it, it's enough at least for me to get going to start and to not pretend that I've never read that verse or that it's not there or that that's for somebody else. I just want to look at the two simple, most simple things. As the verse clearly states states itself, that he can do above, abundantly and beyond, above all that we ask, but also what we think. Just want to look at the two aspects of asking and thinking and what this truth means. That he can do, for example, more than we ask. Not just more, but he says exceedingly more. And just think about that for a moment. Have we not already, at this point, asked a lot from God? Have we not already made a lot of requests? Not even just my own personal life. I was saved by the grace of God when I was nine years old. And from nine years old... Up till today, I have not stopped making requests before the Lord. I cannot count how many. Then we add all of yours together. We have already asked the Lord so much. He says, that's nothing. I can do so much more. He says, as far as I'm concerned, when God says that he can not only do more, but exceeding more than what we ask is not just the actual demand, it's all of our demands. All the ones that I've already did, all the ones that I can think of now, and all the ones that I will ever do, I can add them all up, and there's still nothing compared to what He is able to do and what He can accomplish. We cannot out-ask God. He is able and willing to give. But this exceeding also means that He will do more than just the bare minimum. He will, he's not like us who will do just enough to get by. You know, just enough to not get a failing grade. Yes, I'm looking at, no. <laughs> to, <laughs> he, he's not satisfied with the bare minimum. You never see that with God. You always see God as doing, as he says, more and beyond than what we even asked. And not just enough to meet our requests or our need. Just think of your salvation for you who have made that step of faith. Just recall that moment in your life when you got saved. That moment where you admitted right before praying, before admitting that you're a sinner, before admitting that you deserve to go to hell because of your sin, before putting your faith in Christ, maybe some of you wondered, is it possible Would God really save someone like me with all of my sin and what I have done? Is this for real? Some of you doubted maybe perhaps a little bit. Perhaps maybe that's one of the reasons why it took you a little longer to get saved. Because you had so many doubts and 
you wondered until the moment you decided to finally let go and trust God's word. And you put your faith in the Lord and you prayed and you asked God to forgive you and save you through the blood of Jesus Christ. What happened that day? Not only did God do as he promised and as you asked, but didn't he do so much more? He, you asked him to save you from your sin and he did. But he also gave you a new life. You asked him to forgive you and he did. But he also gave you the Holy Spirit. You prayed for your salvation and he says, you didn't, you're not, you didn't even ask for it yet, but because you're one of mine, I'm preparing a place in heaven for you now. And the list can go on and on. From the moment that you are saved, you asked for something very specific. And he answered as he promised. And he did so much more. Exceedingly beyond and above what we asked. Notice that it's not just asking more exceedingly, but he adds also abundantly. It should be enough for God to say that he'll give us what we need. We should be satisfied with that. He says, I need this. And God says, okay, I'll give you that. We should be satisfied. But he says, not only will, it, will I am willing to do exceedingly, but also abundantly. And yet, because he, let, he lets us know that he loves us so much that it's not enough for him to give us what we ask. He loves to give us exceedingly and more. He loves to bless. It, some of us still have a hard time understanding that we are not bothering God with our request. But God takes great joy in blessing his children. If anything... This truth should encourage us because we have, we do have a lot of needs. If we were honest, maybe we would admit that a lot of our prayers are filled with needs more than praise. And sometimes it's not needs for ourselves only, it's needs for others because when we come together as a family, our family have a lot of needs together. And then So it should be to pray for one another and to pray for our needs. And he wants us to lay at his feet every one of our cares and concerns. And it should encourage us to know that we can do so without worrying about the limit. That no matter how many requests and needs we have put before the Lord, he tells us, just come on. I haven't even begun dipping into my resources to provide all your needs. Keep them coming. Keep praying. Keep asking. He's telling us that come to me with your glass that needs to be filled. I'm a notion that never runs dry. Come to me with that need. It is not a burden for me. Don't be shy. Don't be afraid. There's more than you will ever need. We can hear that. We can understand that intellectually. But do we really practice that in our prayers? Do we practice that in our faith? God tells us to keep coming to him. No matter how many times you've already come to him for that same need, keep coming. I have not even come close to not being able to provide for your need. No matter how many times. No matter how big the need seems, the size is only in my eyes, not his. God desires not only to meet our need, but to do so much more, exceedingly and abundantly more than we ask. We are not coming to him, bothering him as a little child afraid to ask for a favor to his father. He is impatiently, so to speak, 
waiting for us to ask by faith so that he may provide so much more. And he's saying, keep trusting me. Keep asking. Keep praying. Keep fighting. I will take care of you. I will take care of the need. I will be there with you. I will provide. It could be your need. It could be your family's need. It doesn't matter. Keep coming to me with them. Keep asking me. No matter the need. No matter how many times. No matter how big. You can pray for your needs. The needs for this church. And you can pray for the needs of all your missionaries. And you see how many you have on the walls. And you can imagine how many needs could be illustrated here tonight in this one place. And then you can pray as you have for the needs of others and other churches and pastors who are going through difficult times, praying for those on the trip. And you can add all these things without having the slightest fear ever that we are coming close to reaching God's limits or God's desire to help. Don't ever say, if you shake your pastor's hand, or a missionary's hand and say, I wish I could do so much more, but all I can do is pray. What do you mean all you can do? That's the best you can do. There's, you can go before the Lord with any need, knowing that He will, is able and can provide so much more, exceedingly, abundantly above what we ask or think. We... That's why we send the prayer letters to have able, among other things, but to give some prayer requests so that y'all may pray with us that God will supply and, and yes, by faith, give even so much more than we even dare to ask. And to me, in my human thinking, I would say, for God to say unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly, that should be enough. But God takes great joy in saying, I know you're stubborn. I know you're slow to understand. I know it takes you a while to get there, so let me add above all. Above all that you ask. And how many times, in how many ways does God have to say, don't worry. Go ahead and ask. You cannot ask more than I can give. You cannot out-ask God. It doesn't mean that God will not say no sometimes. We understand that. But there's, he will never fault you for asking. He will never say, how dare you ask me for that? How dare you think that I can give you something this extravagant? No. He'll say, I would love to give you that, but I know this will harm you more than it will help you. And we'll maybe perhaps get to that in a second, but... After all, what would keep me from asking? Perhaps trying to provide within my own means. I mean, especially as men, aren't we a lot of times wired kind of that way? We see a need. I need to fix it. So it's okay, but sometimes it's not a bad thing. But when it comes to spiritual walk and spiritual needs and and prayer requests, Put them before the Lord means, Lord, we're letting you fix it. If you want me to have a part in that, then show me, tell me, show me how. And I'm willing, I'm your servant, but I can't. It's all 
it's all on you. Or sometimes, why would we not come and ask? The obvious reason would be the lack of faith. I believe God can do great things for great people, not my life, not in me. God can do great things above and beyond for the people who deserve it, but not for me. I'm not that person. I don't see any requirements here except that of trusting what God says in his word of who he is and that he does not lie, that he will, that he, and don't make that verse say what it's not saying. He does not say that he will do above and beyond everything we ask. He says, I can do. There's a difference. He doesn't say, ask what you want and I'll do, and I'll give you even more. No, he says, ask anything you want because there's nothing that you can ask that I am not able to do more. I can is not the same thing as I will. But lack of faith. The fact that God does not give more is not, you, it's not because God is not able, but because perhaps I'm the one who's limiting him. That is not enabling him because I don't trust him. And I would stop here, but I, God didn't, he didn't stop with that he is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask. So I need to take at least a few minutes to see that next phrase. That God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we think. <laughs> Again, that, that just blows my mind. Because I know a lot of us here perhaps have a, a vast imagination. We can think big as we say. Yeah, that doesn't matter. It says, you can think as big as you want. You don't even come close to what I am able to do, to what I am perhaps even willing to do. Give it a try. Ask by faith. Lord, we would like to see this. Lord, would you, instead of having like sometimes the thoughts that we would perhaps have of, oh, I wish I had prayed, or I wish I had done this, I already get overwhelmed just realizing that I don't ask as I should. And I do doubt way too much. And then God goes on and adds the truth that he can and desires to provide above and beyond anything that we can ever think. <laughs> we, as we already said, we can ask a lot. And we ask often and for many things. But yet there are many things that we thought of that we never bothered asking for. That we thought of, but we never put into prayer for one reason or another. And there's a big difference between asking and thinking. Usually we are willing to let our thoughts go way further than our actual request. A thought is not constrained and limited. We can have big thoughts because there's no responsibility attached to a thought. And we can think really big then we can say that we need to be reasonable and bring the thoughts back down and ask something that is way below what we were actually thinking because we need to be reasonable. And God says, perhaps sometimes, but at other times, let loose. Ask me what you're thinking. See if I am willing to back up that thought. 
God is saying, even if you stayed in your biggest thoughts, not that he will provide, but that he can. He is able to provide even our biggest thoughts. Do you not have big thoughts for this church? Do you not have big thoughts for, or I guess perhaps you may say, wishes for your own personal life, for your own family, perhaps family members that are not saved yet? By God's grace, we we hope tomorrow to visit my father-in-law. Is it too big of a prayer to ask, Lord, he's refused your salvation for so long, it's impossible for him to change now? Or to say, may tomorrow be the day of salvation for him? A request is asking something very specific. A thought, it's not tied to anything. It can go beyond the walls of possibilities. It is not tied down by the laws of logic. If not, even growing up, we wouldn't have played no pretend, cowboys and Indians or whatever. And, but we can pretend because our imagination goes. And God says, just imagine what I could do if you fully trusted me and gave yourself completely over and believing with all of your heart and all of your mind that I am able to do above, beyond, exceeding anything that you ask or think. We, off, we can do exceedingly more than we ask or think. Not just a little bit more, but he says exceedingly more. God can do abundantly more. Not That no amount is too big, no limit is, is too huge, or, not, or how many times we are allowed to ask for the same thing abundantly. I always think of the word abundantly as overflowing. That there's so much that, it, that we cannot contain it. That my little cup cannot contain it. That God can do above all. Realize and understand who God is so that you can come before him with boldness and assurance, not with arrogance. Thank you. Uh, (laughs) It's almost written the same way in French, so I'm wanting to say it the French way. Um, To have that confidence that God is able and that God is willing, perhaps, and that God loves me, that he loves to bless his children, does not mean that I come before him with that arrogant attitude of saying, you said, so you better. If you don't, I'm disappointed in you. It's like, and yes, sometimes you meet people like that. That is, that is not praying. That's demanding. It's, it's, it's wrong. But to realize who God truly is, you cannot come before him without the respect that you owe him, without humility, without submission, without a willing heart to accept the answer that he gives, no matter what the answer is, to no matter what request you give him. But you also come before him with that assurance and that, that certainty that there's nothing that I can ask God that he is not able to do. To conclude, the first thing this truth should do is bring us to our knees and bring us to a certain humility and push 
push us to worship as that verse 29 reminds us that all that should bring as a conclusion to unto him be glory because he is able to do all things because there's not a single request that I can bring before him that I have to fear and wonder if God's going to say I'm sorry that's I can't do that I'm sorry that's too much I'm sorry you've already asked this same thing too many times you reach your quota I don't have to have any of those fears I can come before him with worship saying thank you Lord that I can ask you whatever the need is. Thank you that I can ask and knowing that I am not upsetting you and bothering you. Thank you that I can, be, I can come before you and not wonder, are you going to be upset because I'm asking you to provide for another need another again today? But that you take great joy in answering all of my needs, not just the needs, but that you take great pleasure in going above and beyond exceedingly all that I ask or think. Allow me to add just this one verse that we find in James to a little bit counterbalance this. James chapter 4, verse 2 and 3. It says, Ye lust and have not, ye kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. Ye fight and war, yet ye have not, because ye ask not. I know it's a different context, but the truth is still there. And the next verse also says, Ye ask... Ye ask and receive not, because ye ask amiss, that ye may consume it upon your lust. I won't go on because if, if I talk about this verse too much, I'll be taking another 15, 20, 30 minutes. But what I retain is that we have no excuse. We have no excuse for not believing that God can, and we have no excuse for asking God trusting and believing that he will and can. And we have no excuse for asking with not having the attitude of already accepting his answer, even if he knows that it's best to say, well, you're asking me. It's not too much. It's not too big. But it's not for your good. I have to say no. And he he may not always explain why, he says no. We don't always understood why we were in Amia for so many years and not be able to obtain a building. Why we were witnessing to so many people and nobody seemed to care. And why he would reassure in our hearts that yes, I want you to stay there. No, I do not want you to go to another town. No, I do not want you to take charge of this other church that it has need of a pastor. Yes, I want you to stay there. That's all you need to know right now. And to have that peace, saying, Lord, not to have the answer of saying, Lord, I will stay here only if you will bring the results that I want. Lord, I will continue to sacrifice and give and do only if I seem to have the results are satisfactory to where it's worthwhile. But to say, Lord, I will. Nothing else needs to be added. You did, and you continued to do so much more, exceedingly above and beyond everything that I can ever ask or think. How many times has he provided without me even asking? How many times has he done so much, even though I knew that I was in a bad place and I definitely did not deserve any of it? 
but by His grace. He says, you'd need this right now. You certainly don't deserve it, but you need it. So you're, you're going to have this. Use it for my glory. Use it for my service. Use it to help this person that is struggling. Use it to help this person that is trying to find me. Use it for this person that is, that is saved but has grown away from me to come back to me. Maybe sometimes God is willing to allow certain circumstances arrive in our lives that we think is too hard for us. It has nothing to do with us. But he knows that somebody else is watching that needs to see what God can do through his child. We would rather be the person that gets the blessings and not the trials. But sometimes our trials will be a blessing to somebody else. I don't know if that comes clear on how I want to say that. But that is something that the Lord has laid upon my heart in, the, in this past term. The trials that he allows in your life, sometimes it is to help you with your walk with the Lord. Sometimes it's to help somebody else that's watching. If you remain faithful, if you believe, and if, you, if your faith is strong that God knows what he's doing, and God is able to continue to take care of you. When I pray, I truly believe that God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that I ask or think. If I truly believe that, what could ever hold me back? Is God limiting us or am I limiting God? The truth will should change the way we pray if we truly believe that God is able to do above exceedingly more than anything we ask or think. We would pray differently for God's help in our own personal life. We would pray differently for our family. We would pray differently for our church. We, we would pray differently for one another. Perhaps it, you would pray differently for your missionaries. We wouldn't be afraid to ask big. We would pray differently for the lost. It also changes the way I'm willing to accept God's answer as we mentioned. What does this truth mean to you? Does it encourage you to pray more or to pray differently? Does it encourage you to have a desire to pray bigger? To pray with no fear? To pray with no doubt? Or does it leave you indifferent? Oh yeah, that's a nice truth and we go on our, our day and our week and we keep living as if God has never said you cannot even imagine what I could do for you if you would just ask. I cannot tell you how many times God has used this truth to help during our ministry there in France. That God is able. Those hardened hearts, they can break. I can't, but God can. You saw some of the testimonies that we gave to some of the people who started coming to our church. The one man at the end was named Robin. He was baptized with the, um, in the Mormon church some years back. And he's still very touched or influenced by, by that experience that he has. He says, and he keeps coming back to it. Every time that we give the gospel to him, 
He keeps coming back to that experience that he had with the Mormons. And sometimes we feel like we just can't get through to him. No, but God can. The couple that you saw uh, was baptized and uh, they came from a Jehovah Witnesses background before they ever knew us. Uh, the, the Lord saved them out of the Jehovah Witnesses and they were looking for a church and God led them our way and were able to have their talk with them and, and about their salvation. And they showed a desire to join the church. So uh, we had them baptized. They, they agreed, understood fully the baptism. Says, can God really change the heart of a Jehovah Witness to come? Yes, he can. All these French who are so hardened by the Catholicism, all these who say that they don't believe in God, but yet they're still Catholic, these atheist Catholic, can, can God break their hearts? Yes, he can. And many times we would sit and like, I just don't know what else to do. Perhaps I'm forgotten the main thing I'm supposed to do. Pray. Pray big. Pray that God will break their spirit, break their heart, help them to understand, help them to surrender. You are able to do that and so much more exceedingly above, beyond anything I can ask or think. God can change the French people. God can change your neighbors. He can change the people in power. He, is there a limit that we're going to put to God on what he is able to do or are we willing to put our faith, would I say where our mouth is, and pray big? Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, Lord, I do thank you for this day. I thank you for the wonderful blessing it is to be able to be in this, in this church. You understand fully how much you have used these people here to encourage our hearts to be a blessing to us, to, to sustain, to in ways that we cannot explain. We thank you for their testimony. We thank you for the love. We thank you for all the grace and, and they've shown to us. And I pray that, Lord, that you would meet their every need. You know what those needs are. And you know each member that constitutes this church in their own personal lives. Perhaps some struggles that they're going through personally or in their family. I pray that you would encourage, that you would lift them up, that you would blessed that, that you would be able to lift their spirits and help them realize and see you have never turned your back on them and you are able to do so much more than we can realize. Help us, Lord, to trust you. Help us to have a faith in you that is not just a faith of words, but that is a faith that we put in practice in our prayers that you can look and be pleased in seeing that would give you honor and glory through Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you have questions about your relationship with God or you would like to know more about the ministry of Good News Baptist Church, you can visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org or call us at 757-488-3241. We trust your heart was challenged as you listened and we want to encourage you to share this message with others. May the truth of God's word be your guide as you strive to follow Christ and make him known to others.